welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. You know, every week I bring you a dad that has a different experience. I, I want you to have an opportunity to not only meet other dads, but to learn from other dads. And every week I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to bring you someone that you might be able to relate to, might not be able to relate to, but you're going to learn something in the end. And today's guest is definitely going to do that for you. And he's got a story that I think you're going to really learn a lot from. Dr. Aaron Kovac is with us today. And I'm really excited for you to learn about not only his journey as a dad, but his daughter's journey because it's been a challenging one and one that has been has has had positives and negatives in regards to the way that it it unveiled itself. So I think you're going to learn a lot from this and and I know I am too. Dr. Kovac, thanks so much for being here today. You got it, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. I love being able to bring dads that have different experiences and and you're going to be able to bring your experiences in today. I love turning the clock back in time at first year. And I want to turn the clock back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter, what was going through your head? Scared as hell, Chris. At the time I had a a four-year-old boy, right? And I grew up as an only child, right? And you know, I know, I know in today's world is a little different, you know, guys are playing with dolls and stuff, but when I grew up, we weren't. And it, it was different times, right? I'd never, I'd never babysitted, only child, never played with dolls. I have a four-year-old boy, and we're doing four-year-old boy things. Now, all of a sudden, I've got a girl. Okay, what do we do? Where's the playbook for this? And so that's where the story was. It was kind of like, uh, you know, hey, she's going to be a girl. And you just kind of sit there like, all right, <laughs> somebody help me out with this, but but I'm in, I'm in, here we go, you know, and you, you just kind of learn on the way, right? You you build your wings on the way down. You definitely have to build on your way down. I, I agree with you there, and it's not never always easy, but you have to be willing to just jump in, learn, and kind of know you're, you may fail along the way, but you're going to learn along the way as well. And I know I've had that happen to me in my own journey as a dad. And every dad that I talk to seems to have the same. So now I, I guess as you have gone through the time that you've had with your own daughter you've, and raising your daughter, she's 15 today. As you look at the years that you've had her in your life, what would you say has been the biggest fear that you've had either from the beginning or through that you've had to deal with? Well, that's a, that's a great question, right? So there are everyday fears that you probably have a lot of dads talk about, you know, fears of boys, fears of acceptance, fears of, you know, fitting in, you know, fears of other girls liking her, all sorts of things. But the fears that I had probably are a little bit different than your audience ha- is used to. And we can talk about that because I, I believe that that story and what surrounded the story is really, really eye-opening and shows a vision of how we look at the world and how we see what we don't see, but will appear later through God's grace and love. And he'll show us what we don't know when it's his time. We will definitely talk about that. And I think that really that's a good transition point because I think for me, 
one of the things that when we talk about fear, we talk about being a, a dad is that there are good times or bad times. There are times that are easier than others. There's hard times as well. And, you know, in talking with you prior to talking today, today, there's been some challenging times. There's been some challenging times in the the life that your daughter Talia has had and that you have had to have as as she has gotten older, but there's a story behind that. And I, and I wanted to see if you'd be willing to share a little, share some of that story, because I think it's important for people to understand kind of where Talia started as a baby, but then now where she is now and what you had to go through in those pivotal first years and beyond for her to be able to become the woman that she is today. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Thanks for uh, allowing me to share the story. And we're currently right now in the process of writing a book. The book's going to be called Talia, and it's going to be published by one of the world's best-selling authors, Mark Victor Hansen of Chicken Soup for the Soul series. So Chris, I'm going to give you a copy when when, uh, when it comes out, but it's going to be told in a, a fictional point of view because not very many people want to hear the real point of view. And what that means is... You know, back, uh, I've been a doctor now for over 20 years. And, you know, when I, I started practice as a driver, just like a, a most dads, right? Most leaders, uh, spiritual leaders of the household, you know, we take on the role of provider. And here I am working my butt off. You know, I wanted to be extremely successful and be a provider, but I also wanted to feed my ego, not knowing at the time what I was doing, but I but I felt that cause to really feed this ego. So I, I wanted to be the Arizona Cardinals chiropractor. And then I became one. I was the Arizona Cardinals chiropractor. I took care of them into the uh, Super Bowl era. I was, uh, you know, the chiropractor with the uh, uh, U.S. Olympics. I was the chiropractor with uh, Miss USA, Miss America pageant girls. I was checkboxing every single thing that I wanted to accomplish. And I was so proud of myself. And, you know, you get humbled through life and certain situations humble you. But my daughter was two years old and she had just turned two years old. It was November 5th, 2008. And, you know, I I was at work treating patients. And and prior to that, I could back up a couple weeks is my my wife uh, and I, we we started to to look at her and, and, and. and, and which was always just a normal uh, little girl to uh, to her bigger brother who was who was four years old. She was two years old, and you know playing, and, and and we just noticed that her eye started to immediately deviate, and you know we had no idea why. So we made the appointment. I thought maybe it was a lazy eye, and so you know we, we made the appointment at the at the eye doctor. For, you know that 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 handles children, and. So, you know, woman's intuition, right? That spidey sense that only moms have thought, you know, this isn't right. And because the appointment was set out a couple of weeks that we couldn't get in. And she calls up and says, I need to get in now. I really don't feel this is right. And so she takes her into the doctor and I'm at work. It's, it's lunch break for me in between patients. And she had taken her to the eye doctor and I get a phone call that says, you know, it was from my wife and, and she says, Hey, the doctor di- dilated her eye. And, and he said, there's some pressure inside of her eye. And 
and you need to go immediately down to uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital. We're here in Arizona. And I was thinking, oh, okay, that could be a bunch of different things. So I didn't want to cause any sort of panic because I really didn't have any sort of answer, right, at the time. So, you know, finished treating patients and I head down at lunch. It's about a half hour drive down to Phoenix Children's Hospital. And by the time I got there, I was escorted back to one of the rooms. And when I walked in, to the room. My wife was holding my two-year-old daughter, just holding her in her arms and rocking. And I said, what's going on? I mean, what's happening? And they said, well, you know, we saw there was some pressure behind her eye. And the reason that she has the pressure is there is a tumor that she has in her head. And it's a, she's got a brain tumor and it was pushing on that optic nerve. And we just took some MRIs. And we took MRIs of her brain. We took MRIs of her spine. And I said, so how bad is it? Is it benign? Is it malignant? And they said to me, they said, "Um, Aaron, your daughter has an extremely aggressive form of brain cancer. It's called medulloblastoma. And if caught early, you know, it can be removed from the brain. But unfortunately, in this circumstance, it has spread all over the spine. And a lot of the tumors, Aaron, are inoperable. They are so close to the spinal cord, but by doing operation to remove the tumors, we're going to cause too much, too much neurological issues. And we might paralyze her, you know, by nicking the spinal cord. So we have to make some decisions and we have to make some decisions now. And at the time I was not really in decision-making mode. So I dropped to my knees and just in tears, I mean, I just broke down and I, I had no idea what I had to do. And I looked at my wife and she was holding our daughter in tears, the nurses in tears. And I thought, man, I got to knock this. I got to, I got to knock this off. I have to rise up. You know, I have to get up. I've got to take care of my daughter. I've got to take care of my wife. And, you know, I snapped out of it and I had to start making some decisions. And we then made our first appointment to get the brain tumor removed and was within a day they had to get her in immediately to remove the brain tumor and we started having to make decisions on which hospital we were going to go to all the major research hospitals all around the country they wanted my daughter because if you know cancer you know there is no cure so what they do with the children is really they enroll them in the clinical trials so you're gonna i had to decide which clinical trial throughout the country I wanted to enroll my daughter in so that way they could pump her full of their particular drugs, their protocols, their system, whatever it might be. So as I am not only trying to hold down the practice, take care of a four-year-old son, make sure my wife doesn't go crazy, I am now making these decisions that I had never planned for. But remembering God doesn't give me more than I can handle. So I had to become stronger than I thought I possibly could, ever knew I possibly could, but in the moment, reminding myself of that, that's the situation I am currently in. So they proceeded through all these interviews and I interviewed all these heads of oncology all over the country and I felt that Phoenix Children's Hospital was just as good as any other place and it turned out to be the right choice. So we went through a lot of chemotherapy and I watched my daughter who they said would not live. They said really doesn't stand any chance at living only to 
hopefully be able to extend some of the life that she's been given here. So I said, well, all we have is hope and love and, and she's in God's hands and let's go. And so she went through multiple rounds of chemotherapy. She then went through multiple rounds of stem cell therapy. Then we took her down to Houston, which had uh, the certain type of radiation that it was one of the only in the country. And then she went through radiation. And through this entire process, I watched her go from a daughter that was scary with your initial questions of what are the fears I had. And they're the same fears every other dad has. But those fears became so minimal. And they became, you know, just, I wish and prayed for the same fears that most of the dads have on this podcast, that those were my fears. Those weren't my fears at that time. So a lot of things are relative. And when you really look at perspective, it changes a whole lot when you look at the blessings that you've been here, been put here. I look at the blessings with my daughter and I'm like, wow, why, why, why God are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to her? Why would God allow it? And it really, really tested my faith. And there was a lot of whys, whys, whys. And man, I tell you, Chris, we went through a lot and she was enrolled in this clinical trial and every kid in the clinical trial, she had the, one of the most aggressive forms, if not the most aggressive form in the entire clinical trial. Some only had the brain tumor and not had metastasized into the spine. She was the only child that was given grace and life. And she now is 15 years old. And she has all sorts of special needs because of all the drugs and the chemo and the radiation that she endured at two years old. And, you know, I watch her and, you know, she's maybe, maybe pushing it with heels on, you know, four foot eight. And she's never going to be taller than four foot eight. The brain tumor, the, the drugs messed up her pituitary gland. The tumor messed up her optic nerve. So she's got huge glasses and, you know, a small nose. So they're always falling down her face like a, like a little old grandma, you know, on the tip of her nose. And she wears hearing aids and the back of her head is bald from the radiation. And so her hair looks as if she's a 90 year old grandma. You know, she has these very, very thin hair, bald in the back and you know, you'd think, man, you just feel bad for the life that she has been given. And you continue to ask why, why God, why God? And as I watch this and sit with this and pray with this, God shows you why. It wasn't on Aaron Kovac's time. It was on his time. And we ask the wrong questions all the time, Chris. And, you know, it's all about asking the right questions. And who you should ask the right questions to are three people. And I learned this through my friend, Mark Victor Hansen. And the three questions and, and, and the three people you want to ask the questions to are ask the right questions to yourself, ask the right questions to others, and ask the right questions to God. And I was asking the wrong questions. I was asking them from me and my pain, my fears, 
and not from his plan. And the right questions at the time was, God, what are you trying to show me right now? Right? What don't I see that you do? What is your plan for Talia? Right? What is your plan for me? What is your plan for her brother? And I tell you, when I watch now, the plan that formed was the plan that is and the plan that was meant to be. What will happen is going to happen. It will show itself later. But we unknowingly at the time ask the wrong questions. And so now I watch her move through the world, blessing and gracing other children and other families. And thus bringing this connection. If we were all the same, Chris, we would never grow. We would never learn. We would not understand social acceptance and grace for others and kindness for others with people with disabilities. And, and now since I have a child with disabilities, I watched the blessing that she provides the neighbor's children's whose, whose, whose kids are healthy. These kids now get to actually learn how to connect with somebody of special needs. She's 15, Chris, but she has the mental capacity of maybe, I'd say a third grader. The diagnosis with, she's, you know, mentally retarded is the diagnosis, which I think is absolutely disgusting, but that is the, the medical diagnosis. And watching her come to me and say, Daddy, I just want to be like all the other girls. And I tell you, Chris, it breaks my heart because she's not going to be. But what I can tell her is, you are a blessing. You're amazing. You're a gift. And to all the dads that are listening, each of our daughters are, not just mine. And we don't want to be like all the other girls, right? We want to be like Talia, right? We want to be like you. You are you and you are unique and you're beautiful. So watching her go through being a 15-year-old girl with 15-year-old girl hormones which is strange because you've got this special needs child that I guess you would say legally deaf. So she has the speech impediment, like a lot of people who can't hear and hear her talk the way she talks in this little tiny fireball of a girl. That's a fighter. She has fought through so much in her life. And it's so cool to watch the, the, this little girl, this little fireball, and watch her go through these female hormones, but with a mental capacity of a third grader. It, it's such an interesting dynamic to watch and to grow with, and me as a father to grow with that. Her younger brother, who is seven years old, to be able to grow with that and to have him teach love, forgiveness, patience, because she will go off on him. She'll go crazy on him, right? You know, because, you know, she doesn't quite know what she's thinking or saying or, you know, with the way that she is and having the conversations I get to have now with him is going to make him, my wife and I always say, man, he's going to be such an amazing husband one day because the grace that he's able to give his daughter, his sister is amazing. The same with my oldest son, who's now 17, almost 18 years old. So you look at these blessings and they all turn out to be blessings. We just have to sit with it long enough to have that be shown to us, right? 
And, you know, it's a beautiful thing every day. It's a beautiful thing for other people. And I tell you, there's organizations out there that donate their hair to kids with cancer. And God bless them. I wish that more people did that because we have, they tie these hair and, and it's real hair. So we have this now for my daughter where now she has hair and, and she's like Willow Smith. You know, she does like, you know, I whip my hair back and forth now. You know, now she's like the other girls and, you know, the other girls. Are, are dying, you know, pieces of their hair, strands of their hair. And so we take her and she gets to dye pieces of her hair, which she wouldn't have before if it wasn't for these people donating their hair to children with cancer. And it's just an amazing thing that I get to bring her and she blesses so many people. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So thanks for letting me tell that story, Chris. I really appreciate you sharing that. I guess one of the things that I would ask after hearing that is she is blessing many people around her own sphere, your own family sphere, and your community. But talk to me about how has this experience changed you as a man and as a father? Oh, man, that's a, that is a great question. And it changed me as a man. And I would say it changes me, not changed me. I would reframe that. It changes me as a man almost daily. And just like every other father listening to this podcast, we change daily because our daughters change daily. So we have to move and grow with them, right? And learn from them. And with Talia, the biggest things are having an understanding of things aren't right and things aren't wrong. Things are in the middle. There's not a black, there's not a white where you look at things and there's there's this Taoist story. And I don't know if you, you've, you've heard it, but this farmer, he gets this horse and the horse actually runs away. And from the farmer and the, the village comes up and says, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for your, your loss. That sucks. Your, your horse ran, ran away. And he says, maybe. And the next day the horse comes back and the horse brings, following it is three other wild horses. And the village says, they come and they see the, the, the now, now they, he brought these three other wild horses. And the village says, that's amazing. You know, how fortunate your, your horse came back and it brought, you know, three other wild horses. And the farmer says, maybe. And next day, the, uh, the, his son, his oldest boy was trying to ride and break one of the wild horses. He fell off and he broke his leg. The villagers come back and say, I'm so sorry. Your son broke his leg. That's terrible. And he says, maybe. And then the next day, the military come by and they were going to, you know, they're recruiting for the army, right? They're, they're, they're bringing people into the army and they come to his house and they see that his son has a broken leg. And they say, well, we're not going to take your son to the army because he's got a broken leg. So the villagers say again, how fortunate he doesn't have to go to the, doesn't have to go to war. And the farmer says, maybe. So the lesson being that, you know, it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And you look at things now in life and you take things as you live in the moment as they just are. You don't anymore. I don't anymore ride on my ego because that doesn't define me. You look at her and the blessings that we have in life, you look at our, they just are. So to answer your question from the story to now is 
Chris, I look at and I hold everything loose. It doesn't belong to me. And we're here on this earth for such a short blip of time. And we never know when that day is going to come. And if that's the case, and we are all going to die, we are all going to die from the minute that we were born. We just don't know when that day was going to come. So we hold every day very, very loosely, hold everything very, very loosely. And don't get too high, don't get too low, and just enjoy. Now, I always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? Go ahead, man. In one word, what is fatherhood? Love. Now, when was a time that you finally felt that you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? It hasn't come yet. Now, if I was to talk to your daughter and ask her, how would she describe you as a dad? Big. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? That's a great question. And this might sound, I don't know, it might sound cliche, but there is no one person that inspires me. And I could be inspired by people, and I've learned through the years that not to have idolatry over other human beings. So the Heavenly Father inspires me. And he didn't have a daughter, but he had a son. And I tell you what, that was the last perfect human around. So that again leads us grace towards others. And there's a lot of great dads I see out there that are doing a lot of great things, but all of the same are sinners just like us, man. So every day we're just trying to do the best we can, giving love and grace to each other other as fathers and taking things as they are in the moment, living in the present and taking it one day at a time. Now, you've been given a ton of different pieces of advice today, things I think that all of us as fathers need to be thinking about. As we finish up today, what's one thing, one piece of advice that you just want all dads out there to take away? You know, I think that when your daughter is born, your daughter, uh, again, isn't looking for you to be this sort of authoritarian and you don't come in and we have to lead with love and kindness dads we have to and i always say it's connection before correction and our daughters need connection because i tell you what we can speak a different language to them than their mothers can you know, I was telling Chris that I have never been a, a woman and I have no idea how to teach her how to be a woman, but I could teach her how a man should treat a woman. So I really feel that us dads need to lead by example in not just verbal communication, but actually our actions speak louder than our words and our children And our daughters, as far as this podcast are going, they are learning from us all the time. Whether it's a lesson that you're trying to teach them or a lesson that they're observing, they're learning. So true. Now, if people want to find out more about you, if they want to follow along with the book series that's going to be coming out, where should they go and and how can they stay in touch? Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for leading with that, Chris. You know, so I, I do business coaching as well. And you can check me out on AaronKovac.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-K-O-V-A-C, AaronKovac.com. I'm also on Spotify and iTunes. I have my own podcast. And that podcast is called Intentional Freedom. 
And what I do is I speak with high-level thinkers and achievers on really understanding that we are not stuck in this nine-to-five. You know, we have to take our lives and become responsible for them and live life intentionally and to gain the freedoms that we truly seek and to not just to go to work, to show up, but everything, live life intentionally. And if you need help in business, if you need help working on this vision, this dream that you've always thought that you are and wanted to become, but you're stuck in a J-O-B, reach out to me. And I want everybody to live like they take, they've taken that weight off their chest and to live free and to be able to take deep breaths and enjoy their one life that they've been given. Well, Aaron, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing your own story, but really sharing your daughter's story. Yeah, that is still going on and is still going to keep going on, on a, like you said, on that daily basis and sharing everything that you shared today because it is, it's so inspiring to hear what you're learning on a daily basis, but it really comes down to, I think, for all dads that we need to take that time. We need to take that moment. We need to take those little things, those little moments that we have on a daily basis to really just to love on our kids and to be able to be there in the moment. And I think everything that you just said just makes it even more clear. Mm, Thanks. I appreciate that, Chris. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the world to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.